Man, I am really excited about this this series coming up, the the work of the the role in the work of the Holy Spirit, and you know I'm trying to to um, to get you know in tune and in touch with the times, and so I am trying to move to the to the 21st century along with Nate Dennis, who's been trying to get me to use my iPad and you know all that for a long time, and so I'm here, Nate. I'm here. I'm doing it, man. I'm doing it, and. Uh, and uh, so I've got all my notes here, but I tell you, for the last month and a half or so, maybe longer, I have been studying the role and the work of the Holy Spirit. And I have all of my life um, been familiar with the Holy Spirit, but I've learned some things. And how many of you know that you're not too old to learn, you know? Um, and the Holy Spirit's always trying to reveal things to us. And so um, I'm excited about what he's given to me to reveal to you uh, as we dive into the, the work of the Holy Spirit and who he is. So tonight, today what I want to do is uh, just kind of by way of overview, I'm going to start off with a couple of passages of Scripture that come out of the New Testament. And then I'm going to go back to the Old Testament. We're going to retrace some steps of humanity uh, and then I'm going to go back to the New Testament to conclude. And when you leave today, there'll be a ton of ton of, of verses um, that speak to uh, the Holy Spirit's work in our life. And uh, I'm going to ask Nate to leave that up at the end of the message so that you can get those scriptures down, um, so that you can look at them for yourself. And then what I'm going to ask you to do over the next few weeks as we dive more deeply into the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to write down any questions that you might have relative to what you've heard or what you believe about the work of the Holy Spirit. And we'll, we'll see about addressing those questions if this is the appropriate place to do it. Or if not, if you'll leave your name and number for some of the questions you may have, I'll pull you aside or Pelzetta will pull you aside and we'll talk with you about what that actually means in terms of whether that's accurate, uh, an accurate description of the way the Holy Spirit moves or works. I was, um, I was on the Internet the other day looking for uh, a video to show me how to do something. I used to be a Kirby vacuum cleaner salesman. How many of you know what a Kirby vacuum cleaner is anymore? You got one? I got one too, man. I got the same one I've had for years. Those things last forever. But I was doing some, some maintenance on my Kirby vacuum cleaner, and, you know, I, used, I just thought maybe I'd committed all these things to memory. Uh, and I went to take it apart to clean the brushes and to clean the, you know, take the bag out and all that stuff, and I had forgotten how to do it. And YouTube is an amazing thing. Because I went out to YouTube and just punched in what it was I wanted to do, and it came right up on video. And I was able to follow the instructions step by step and fix my vacuum cleaner, which, by the way, it's running, it's running really, really well now. I praise God for that. <laughs> um, but I was reminded when, when I, I did that that, you know, you can find near anything 
on video or on YouTube or out on the internet. You can find near anything that you are looking for out there. Technology has given us the resources that we need. But I want to tell you that no matter who you listen to, how great their teaching is, what you read and how well written it is, how insightful it may be, there, is, there are no words that have ever been put to paper or articulated orally that we have in our human vocabulary, regardless of the language, that can accurately describe and define the depth of the wisdom and the move of the Holy Spirit. It is impossible to fathom. Man. And so, what I aim to do, what we aim to do over the next few weeks is to establish a solid baseline, a solid foundation that you can look at yourself and, and allow the Holy Spirit to show you how it actually works for you in your personal relationship with, with, with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to make sure we give you some good, solid, foundational, fundamental truths about the role and the work of the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks, okay? And so, there's, there's going to be so much in this series that we're going to leave out because we can't hit everything. We just can't. But we're going to start today talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? I want to begin by going to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Acts, chapter 2, beginning at verse 38. It's verses 38 and 39. I'll give you a moment to turn to it. What you'll see on the, on the screen today are various scriptures. Some of them will be actually printed or given to you on the screen. Some of them will just be for your reference. I'll be referencing these scriptures. You write them down. I'll read them. You can turn to them later. Make sure that I'm teaching all this stuff in context. Okay, here I go. None of this is on my notes. There's a group in the New Testament called the Bereans. You guys ever hear about the Bereans? They were a group of, of believers that didn't take anyone's word for what they were saying, no matter who they were. These men and women would go back and they would look at the word for themselves to make sure that what they were being taught was accurate in context, in the context of Scripture. I encourage you, as you're writing down these Scriptures along the journey through the role and the work of the Holy Spirit, that, that you make sure that we're teaching everything in context. I, now, here's what I will tell you. I do, I do plan on teaching everything in context, and I would love, I would love to be challenged on some of it. Because, you know, I might, I don't have, I'm not the sum total of all knowledge. And I could have something wrong. Oh, God, maybe God will use, man, this, none of this is all coming to me right now. Maybe God will use you to shed some light for me on some things about the Holy Spirit I didn't even know. And you know what? I'm perfectly okay with that. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen? 
All right, have you found Acts chapter 2, verse 38? Okay. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Many theologians believe that at the minimum, Peter here was referencing a passage found in Joel chapter 2, where Joel, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote that in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see vision, and your old men will dream dreams. And then he said, and on your manservants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit on them as well. And here's what Joel was saying under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Joel was saying that there's going to come a time where the Holy Spirit is not just going to be, and the work of the Holy Spirit is not going to just be resigned to the Jews. But it was going to be a free gift for everyone. Hmm. Let me say something about the Holy Spirit too. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture, all, everybody say all, all Scripture is given by God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is, it is God-breathed, okay? Now, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. The, the Bible is, is the guideline for how we're supposed to live our lives, all right? I'm going to tip my hand a little bit. Every single word that is in the Scripture, from the oldest book in the Bible, which is Job, to, to the Revelation written by John the Revelator, was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Okay, let's keep moving. Uh, flip over, flip back to your left to John chapter 14. Let me show you another one. John chapter 14. Oh, is that up there? Well, you can flip anyway. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. You guys mind if I just take my time today? Okay, thank you for that. Anybody else mind if I take my time? I got like consensus of one person. Hmm? <laughs> Do I? Oh, Pelzer said, what time is our flight? We're going to Fairbanks this evening to go visit my mom. Uh, we got plenty of time. You know, I, I, take your time? All right. John chapter 14, beginning at verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That, that term there, another helper, means one just like so I will ask the Father, and he will give you one just like me. <laughs> and he will be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Watch this now. 
for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Drop down to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the helper, then he defines him, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, will, he will teach you, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. I have had in my lifetime many great mentors, many close friends. My mom and dad are amazing. I watched them love God and follow Jesus and be led by the Holy Spirit their entire lives, as long as I've known them. I have a wonderful family two darling children, three even more darling grandchildren, praise Jesus. I have a wife of 38 years who is my closest confidant, my strongest supporter, my greatest defender. I love her. But the Holy Spirit is my closest friend. He has seen it all, and he's never left me. Good, bad, ugly, chaotic, through pain and through grief, he has seen it all. And he is my closest, dearest friend. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, thank you, Rob. Ah, just call me the crybaby pastor. No, listen to me. This thing is real, man. This thing is real. The Holy Spirit is real. He's been with me through thick and thin. And if you love Jesus, he's been with you through thick and thin. And he will remain with you through thick and thin. Why? Because wherever there is the potential for Jesus to be glorified, the Holy Spirit is there. Wherever there is the potential for chaos and confusion, the Holy Spirit is right there. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So who is the Holy Spirit? I, you, many of you have seen this before, but I'm going to draw it out again. And if anybody laughs at me, I'm asking the mean usher to kick him out of the auditorium. <laughs> because... Because I'm going to tell you right now, you guys know I'm not Picasso, all right? I might have to explain to you everything. What is that? Good. We're, we're in good shape right now. You guys, you guys know that's a triangle. Who is the Holy Spirit? We believe that God is eternally existent in three persons. We believe that 
each of three of these three persons have totally different roles and functions, but they are one in essence and one in nature. That says God. I just want, I just want, want you to know it's not goo, that's God. Okay, so this triangle, wrote, this triangle represents the totality of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The three of these personalities make up the triunity of the Godhead, the triune God. They are equal, although they have different functions. You cannot have God if you don't have all three. God the Father is not God without God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. God the Father is not God the Son or God the Holy Spirit. God the Son is not the Father or the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit is not the Father or the Son. The three of them make up the totality of the Godhead. You guys with me so far? So, so I want to go back to the scripture that I just read because we see, we see, we see the Godhead at work right here. Remember John chapter 14? Go back to verse 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. Jesus, I'm here in the flesh. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, the Holy Spirit's in heaven. It's not his dispensation yet, but the Father is going to send him in my name. He, everybody say he. Okay, here we go. The Holy Spirit is not a force, it's not a power, it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. He is the third person of the Godhead. You with me? So the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Jesus is speaking about the Father and the Holy Spirit, the triunity of God. You guys with me? Who's the Holy Spirit? He's God. Eternally existing in three persons, the Godhead. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus was with God in the beginning because Jesus is God. Right? Okay, call me to John chapter 1. Flip back to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. Everybody say John chapter 1. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Everybody there? In the beginning was the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus, the Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, because he was God, so he was there in the beginning when God was there. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Here's my point. The work of God, the Holy Spirit, can be seen from the very beginning of time all the way through creation. God has been at work through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go all the way back to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning. I'm going to show you at the very beginning. 
Genesis chapter 1. Anybody help? Anybody having trouble finding Genesis? I'm just saying. And somebody might be, but I'm just saying. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word there, God, in the original Hebrew is a plural word that means two or more. So in the beginning, the Godhead, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Man, wow. The earth was dark covered in darkness, was formless, it was void of life, and the Spirit of God, God's Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to hover over the thing that is dead. That word hover in the original Hebrew means to brood. Like a mother hen would, would sit on her eggs uh, for the purpose of those eggs hatching and coming to life. The Holy Spirit took what was nothing and void of life and began to brood over God's creation so that life could take place. That's the work of the Holy Spirit from the very beginning. Now I want you to drop down to verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our own image. And in our likeness. Does it say anything else in that verse? Let us make man in our own image. And in our likeness. Let me look at my notes, make sure I'm not forgetting anything, because I don't want to get ahead of myself. Mm-hmm. We're going to make man in our image, in our likeness. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Bible says, Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit said, or, or, or formed man, framed man, formed man from the dust of the ground. Breathe into him the very essence of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. That word breath there is, is, is the same word that's used for wind and spirit. So God, the Holy Spirit, breathes into man Jump starts man's spirit, and man becomes a living being. Listen to me. you got to hear this because it makes all the difference in the world. We were created in the image of God as tripartite beings. We were created to dwell in three realms at the same time. We were created to dwell legally in this earth 
with a body. We have been given a soul which is comprised of the mind, the will, the emotion, the imagination, the intellect. It dwells in an entirely different dimension. And then our spirit, which was given to us by God in the first place, has been jump-started by the Holy Spirit. Tripartite being. And we are, we, we, man, when God created man, he gave him he gave him dominion over everything, watch this now, in the spirit. So God forms man from the dust of the ground. The body, the physical realm. God forms man, he forms the flesh, this, this flesh, not sarks, I'll talk about that in a minute, but this stuff right here makes us legal to operate in this earth because God made us from this earth. Ooh, ooh, ooh. He creates us from the earth and he gives the flesh its own appetites, its own realm that it operates in. Junior, what happens if I pinch your arm like that? That really hurts, doesn't it? You look like you wanted to hit me or something, man. <laughs> I should have picked on somebody. I should have picked on Malcolm or somebody smaller, man. <laughs> oh, look, I'm going to tell you something. Don't let Malcolm fool you. I'm like, whoo! <laughs> Don't let him fool you, man. Here's my point. Okay, so the flesh, this flesh, this flesh has its own appetites, man. It has its own realm. It has to eat. It has to sleep. It has to breathe. It takes in nutrition. It excretes nutrition. It lives in a realm all of its own. It will not, it, it rebels if you try to touch something hot. If you get too hot, it pulls off clothes. If you get too cold, it puts clothes on. It has desires in its own realm. You guys with me? And you can see it. You can feel it. It's what makes us legal in this earth realm. The soul. God breathes into man the very essence of his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and man becomes a living soul. There's a passage in scripture, in scripture in Hebrews that says that it's really tough to divide between the soul and the spirit because they're so connected. Okay, okay. You guys still with me? We, this body and this soul and this spirit is all connected as one, just like God is connected as one. So, so you have a body, then you have a soul. Oh, man. Your mind, your will, your emotion, your imagination, your intellect. You can see this flesh, you can feel this flesh, but you can't see your soul. You can't see your mind. You can't see your will, your emotion, your imagination, your intellect. It has to be born out in this. But it is a realm all of its own. And the Bible tells us and shows us how to take that realm captive, captive into obedience to the Spirit of God that lives in us. Because it's real. It's a, it's a realm all its own. I wish it was physical. I was thinking about this the other day. I would love nothing more than to be able to, to, to have a conversation with somebody as I'm counseling them. And say, man, your emotions are out of calibration. And just without them knowing about it, just taking a screwdriver and putting it in the back of their neck and like turning their emotions down a little bit. Wouldn't that be cool? 
What about, what about parents who have teenagers? Man, you're a little bit too strong will. Wait till they go to sleep, put that screwdriver in there, turn that wheel down a little bit. <laughs> if it was only that simple, but it's not. Because the soulless realm is a realm on its own and it has its own appetites. Then there's the spirit realm. That is the one. That is the one that God wants us to be aware of the most. Because when we walk in the spirit, when we live in the spirit, our bodies and our soul comes under submission and subjection to the Holy Spirit that's in us. So God forms man out of the dust of the ground, breathes into him the very essence of his spirit. Man becomes a living being. We were, we were meant to have dominion over this earth in the spirit. But here's what happens. Turn with me. Are you in Genesis right now? Go to, chap, go, go to chapter 2. No. Yeah. Yeah. Chapter 2. Drop down to verse 15. Everything's working real good. God's got it up. The band's been made and everything. Oh, Lord. I sure want to say some other things, but I, I'll get off track if I do. I want to talk about the helper that he gave us. But that's for another day. Praise Jesus. And the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to keep it. And God commanded the man, God commanded the man saying, oh man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, it is obvious to me that God wasn't talking about a physical death. Not at that point, although that was going to come as a result of sin. This was a spiritual death that was going to take place. Man was created with the Spirit of God on the inside of him to have dominion in every realm. And God gave him an order, a command. And when, when man took the fruit and disobeyed God, something happened spiritually. Adam bit the fruit. Help me, Holy Spirit. Help me with this. Adam bit the fruit. And the moment that he did, the spirit spiritual connection that he had with God from the very beginning was severed. His spirit died in that moment. It died. Here's what I need you to see. Death is not the cessation of life. Death is the ripping apart of two things that were meant to always be together. 
How many of you ever lost a loved one? that loved one is in Christ, you know that you're going to see him again. They've passed from this life to the next life. So death is not the cessation of life. Death is the ripping apart of two things that was always meant together. We were created. We were never meant to die. We were created as eternal beings. But the moment Adam sinned in the garden, death entered into the equation. And as a result of death, as a result of sin, death entered into the equation both physically and spiritually. You guys still with me? You get, you, I know you're probably saying, well, what does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? You just keep, just stay with me. Just stay with me. Hmm. So, so here we are, tripartite beings. <laughs> and now, because Adam was tricked in the garden... We are, until we are regenerate, bipartite beings. Because we have a spirit, but it's out of calibration from this original design. Our spirits are dead until they've been rejuvenated and regenerated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, if you're not a follower of Christ, you are walking around spiritually dead. Okay, pastor, show me. Okay, I believe I will. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. See, when Adam sinned, his sin left a God-shaped void in our lives. He was created a living being, but it took a life-giving spirit to reconnect us spiritually to God. So I'm just going to hit these real quick. Oh, man, look at the time. Hmm. Y'all going to be okay? Well, I got the mic today anyway, so kidding. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 45. Paul writes, thus, is it, thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a life, uh, became a living being. The last Adam, Jesus Christ, watch this now, became a life-giving spirit. Now, flip over to Galatians chapter 3. You guys still with me? You get anything out of this? Galatians chapter 3. Begin at thir verse 13. Man, man, who? Wow. Wow. You there, verse 13? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Cursed is everyone who's hanged on a tree 
So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Watch this now. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to this. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Jesus Christ was crucified, died, and resurrected. Watch this now. This is the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life. So that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, could have our spirits reconnected to the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in victory here on this earth. If Jesus doesn't die, the Holy Spirit doesn't come. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't come, we are powerless. The reason that Jesus died is so the Holy Spirit could come to us and not just be with us, but be Don't miss the power of that. We were created tripartite beings to have dominion over everything in the spirit. And that was lost in the garden. Jesus comes back. He reconnects it. He reconnects us. But then he says, but in order for you to walk in victory and be triumphant, I have to send the Holy Spirit, which was part of your original design, so that I can be the firstborn of many brethren to reconnect you in the Spirit so that you can live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and have dominion in the Spirit realm. Because let me tell you something. If you have dominion in the Spirit realm, Every other round has to be in, subject, in subjection to you. If you are strong in your spirit, your spirit will rule your flesh and it will rule your soul. Paul says, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Jesus came to reconnect us spiritually with the original power source that we had so that we can now again as regenerate beings live the way that we were supposed to. Body, soul, and spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. A couple more scriptures and I'll be done. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. It says, you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the curse of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, everybody say, but God. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, made us alive again with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 
Jesus died on the cross so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit of promise by faith in him, through faith in him. The Holy Spirit comes to give us power. As followers of Jesus Christ, God wants us to wake up and walk in the power and the authority that we've been given by the Holy Spirit. finish with this last passage. You, however, Romans 8, verses 9 through 10, 9 through 11. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of God does not belong to him. Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 9. I'm at verse 10 now. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. We were, we were created to be triumphant, to live triumphant lives. I'm convinced more than ever that anything that we need when we pray the will of God, can, we can reach into the spirit realm. We were created to live in the spirit realm. We were created to live in the spirit, man. That's where everything happens is in the spirit realm. God is spirit, and they that worship him must. The spirit of Jesus Christ, the, the God's Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives, dwells, takes up his abode on the inside of us, and you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why am, I why am I staying on this? I'm telling you why. Because for so long we get trained by this world that we live in to live in two dimensions. Oh, yes, we pray, but the majority of our prayers are right here. That what we can sense or what we can feel, glory to God. But I'm telling you, Jesus lived in the Spirit while he was here. And he did incredible miracles as a result of it. And here's what he said. When the Holy Spirit comes and he starts to dwell in you, greater things are you going to do than what I did. Yeah. Yeah. 
The same spirit that Jesus operated in. The same spirit. The same spirit. Everybody say same. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in us. I'm telling you, man, I'm praying different these days. I'm just believing God when I pray according to his will that things will get done. And I've watched things happen. When I make a demand on my spirit, in the spirit realm, that is real. How many of you know the spirit realm is real? We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's why we have to put on the full armor of God. We have to learn how to do battle in the spirit realm. Because when we do battle in the spirit realm, the victory that is manifested in the natural realm is sweatless. I'm not saying that you're not going to go through tough times. Because a trying of our faith works patience. But I'm saying there are some things that we don't have to wrestle with when we learn how to operate in the spirit realm by the Holy Spirit who dwells on the inside of us. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. This last slide here, a ton of scriptures that speak to the Holy Spirit's work in our life. That last one there, Ephesians chapter 4:30, I am guilty of. Many times over. I'm so glad God is patient. I'm so glad He has grace. That his grace is sufficient. Because we can grieve the Holy Spirit. Now I'm going to say this and I am going to be done. I'm going to get ready to close. Oh, it's not, is it? Mm, I'm getting ready to close. Now, listen, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And if you, when you're going through that passage of Scripture in Ephesians, if you back all the way up and go through the first chapter and just read the whole thing, you will see nestled right there in the middle in verse 40 or verse 30 of chapter 4. It says, he can be grieved. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. We're with you are sealed to the day of redemption. But that passage of Scripture is talking about how we deal with each other. And how we deal with the world. As followers of Jesus Christ. We can grieve the Holy Spirit by how we deal with each other. Did you guys get something out of that? Father, I thank you this morning, this afternoon, for my church family. Holy Spirit. My friend, my God, you've started something here. You're faithful to complete it.
And I don't know what it looks like. I don't want to control that. I want you to be in control. So every week, week by week, day by day, we yield ourselves to your spirit so that not only you will be in control because we want you in control, but ultimately that you glorify yourself. You never draw attention to yourself. You're the unsung hero. But glorify yourself through us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.